everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Coons, a history teacher at Ash County High School. This is the very first episode of the podcast. Welcome, everyone. I hope this podcast will serve to provide useful information to my students and will also serve to document this global historic event, which is the COVID-19 pandemic. During these times, I think we've all felt a mixture of anxiety and uncertainty as we navigate through things we've never really had to encounter before in our lifetime. I myself, I'm trying to stay busy, trying to stay optimistic, and stay in touch with the outside world in a positive way to help ease my mind. And so this podcast will consist of news updates, phone interviews with people both in our community and people living farther away, and an occasional song or two performed by me at the end of the podcast. I've been playing a lot of guitar in my downtime, and I thought I'd share a few few tunes with y'all. Throughout the podcast, I'm going to try to keep a lighthearted and positive attitude, much like I do in the classroom. But I cannot stress enough the importance of taking our current situation seriously. We are clearly being asked to make sacrifices when it comes to social distancing and not being able to go places we would like, but this is not without reason. As of right now, on Thursday, April 2nd, the United States has more than 216,000 cases of COVID-19, which, in case you didn't know, stands for Coronavirus Disease of 2019. This is the disease that is caused by the coronavirus, also known as SARS-CoV-2, SARS standing for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, and the 2 because we've already had a SARS outbreak back in 2002. Um, That one killed about 8,000 people, but did not spread around the globe quite like this current uh, outbreak is doing. According to North Carolina Department of Health website, North Carolina currently has about 1,600 cases of of COVID-19, about 10 deaths, although last night on the Raleigh News and Observer website I saw that number was up to 12, so the numbers are changing constantly. We've completed about 26,000 tests, uh, and currently about 204 people are hospitalized in North Carolina due to COVID-19. Just for comparison, New York State currently has about 83,000 cases, with at least 47,000 of those in New York City alone. So right now in the U.S., New York City is clearly the epicenter of this outbreak. Everyone is hoping that the number of new cases in New York City will start to decline soon, despite the fact that the death toll is likely to increase over the next few days as hospitals are uh, filled to the brim and really getting stressed on capacity. We're hoping that our efforts at staying home and social distancing will continue to minimize the spread of this disease so we don't have multiple cities enduring what New York is dealing with now. Hopefully we will not see those conditions elsewhere in the country. So today on the show, we're going to hear from three colleagues of mine. All of them are social studies teachers at Ash County High School. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to play a song that I wrote recently. Um, It is set to the tune of an Avett Brothers song called In the Curve. But of course, I changed the lyrics to make it a little bit more timely. And my version of the song is called In the Pandemic. So stick around for that. Our very first guest on the show today is Nathan Calvert. He grew up in Ash County, North Carolina, and currently teaches with me at the high school there. He follows the news pretty closely and regularly offers up his insights on what's going on in the world. So let's hear how he's getting along during this pandemic. Hello. Mr. Calvert. Hello, Mr. Coons. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Welcome to the show. Uh, Oh, thanks. I'm excited. I'm a long-time fan. uh, It's a goal of mine to have been a guest, so I'm excited to be here. Well, I know you're a respected man in the community, and that's why I wanted to reach out to you and get your your kind of perspective on the whole COVID-19 situation. So before we get into it, 
kind of tell us who you are, uh, where are you, what's your current job situation? Uh, so I'm Nathan Colbert. I'm a teacher at Ash County High School, um, and so we are um, closed right now for COVID-19 and trying to figure out everything that goes along with online learning. So it's pretty pretty crazy times we're in. That sounds like a challenge, but you're you're getting along okay right now, you'd say? Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're getting along. Um, I have a, a an 18-month-old, and my wife is also a teacher, so it's been interesting having everybody in the house. But in terms of, you know, we're we're safe, we're healthy, which is a lot better than a lot of people in the world right now. So we're pretty grateful for, for where we're at and what we're doing. Well, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I know a lot of people are stressed and worried out there. Are there any, any things in particular that you're particularly really worried about at the moment? I mean, I think, I, I think as teachers, you know, we're obviously worried about our kids and, and whether or not they're getting their their needs met, and not even necessarily educationally, but just are they, you know, do they have um, good shelters? Are they warm? Do they have plenty of food to to eat? And I, I think it's awesome. Our school district is doing a really good job getting food out to people. Um, but so that's a concern, obviously. Um, Megan and I both have elderly grandparents that, we're, you know, we're trying to keep inside and, and grocery shop for and stuff. So, you know, there's things that, that you didn't really have to worry about a month ago now are are, are pretty pressing. So um, I think we're doing a pretty good job as a school district. I think we're doing a pretty good job as a community doing that. But it's definitely um, worrisome to know that people, especially in the, in that older age demographic are, are definitely more susceptible to this, looks like. Sure. Do, do you think people are taking it seriously out there? Do you see the social distancing when you're out and about in public, or what, what are your thoughts? Um, I think so. You definitely see. I, I went to the grocery store the other day, and you see people keeping keeping their distance. You see people wearing masks and gloves. Um, I, I think people are definitely taking this more seriously now than they were probably two weeks ago when this first, when, you know, when, when people first started raising the wall about social distancing, um, when you look at, I was looking at statistics from South Korea. If, if we as a country had been able to embrace that a little bit earlier, we might be better off now, but Mm -hmm. better late than never. So hopefully people are, are definitely embracing that. And like I say, what I've seen with my eyes, I think, I think people, in Ash County, definitely are doing that. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's been kind of fascinating to watch the country sort of all kind of get on the same page, but not all at the same time. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's interesting. I think there's a disconnect. You know, everything politically is is very divided right now, and I think you've seen that even with some of the coverage of uh, COVID nineteen with some of the people, whether or not they trust um, one side or the other, um, and as a you know, as a someone who loves history and studies history, that's fascinating. Um, hopefully, hopefully that goes away a little bit over time, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to public health. Uh, I don't know if it will or not. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, do you think there will be anything that will just be a lasting change? Like nine eleven, of course, you know, changed flying, it changed the TSA. Everything was different after nine eleven. Do you think we'll see something similar with this? Um, I don't know. It it it's 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 crazy to think I, my grandmother was born during the Great Depression and a lot of what she's talked about you know her life was was shaped by that and how she views money how she views food is you know that's 
it's still like that 90 years later. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think people in our generation who hopefully have a lot longer to live, and it, it will be interesting to see, you know, how this is studied, how this is taught in school 50 years from now, um, whether or not this changes anything from a, a public health standpoint or an a emergency preparedness standpoint. Um, it, it's, it's certainly fascinating to, to think about, and, and I'm – interested to see obviously like i say hope hope everybody's able to stay healthy and we get through this with as little um death and sickness as possible but after that it, it will be fascinating to see how how this event is taught how people change and mm-hmm. how it affects all of our lives going forward yeah i'm just thinking about those uh forehead temperature scanners that you see pictures of uh you know airports and stuff people getting scanned before they get on flights i wonder if that'll be a thing that will continue on or if, if once everybody's healthy we'll kind of put that behind us yeah and i mean you know just simple things like shaking hands that's, that's sure. something that in large parts of the world is, is not a customary greeting obviously it is in the united states and a lot of western culture is that something that that might go away or is it something that you know a year from now people forget all about this and, and go back to doing that i don't know it, it's going to be interesting life lives have certainly been changed now mm-hmm. um how long they change it'll it'll be interesting to study and watch yeah absolutely i wouldn't i wouldn't mind doing away with the handshake to be honest i don't not Do a, what i'm sorry i couldn't understand you i wouldn't mind doing away with the handshake to be honest oh yeah I, yeah I'm, I'm fine i i might i might just start i might bring back the traditional asian sort of head nod i, I would be yeah. interested oh, yeah. in that and, um, or you know, just an, an air high five or something. I think that I, I think that I might try to to begin that in my classes when we're able to go back to school. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, has there been anything during the last few weeks that you found to be a source of comfort, like a good a good show, a good food, something you know people could turn to to kind of get some relief from the chaos that is the world? Um, well, I have to say, I, I think I was like 100 million other people in the United States, and I watched Tiger King, okay. which was absolutely fascinating. I don't know that it provided a source of comfort, but it was certainly a source of entertainment for for my wife and I um, to know that there are certainly people crazier than us. Actually, going back to your last question, I think that's how I'm going to start. Instead of handshakes and stuff, I'm just going to start my classes by saying good morning all you cool cats and kittens <laughs> and I, I think that's how i'm going to do it from now on i hope 50 years from now i'll be you know calling my grandkids and saying hey all you cool cats and kittens this is nathan from wherever um but yeah I, I, we thoroughly enjoyed tiger king um, okay I'm a, I'm a i'm a big sucker for dumb reality tv i love 90 day fiance um mm-hmm. I, I would highly recommend that it, it's a source of comfort um but then also, you know, I think there's bigger things. I, it, it's been very comforting to me to sort of see how our community has come together um, and the country as a whole. You know, you see people checking on their elderly neighbors. You see our school district, you know, banding together and giving out 1,700 meals to students in our county. I think that's really awesome. And as divided as our country seems at times, um, I think it's easy to forget that there are a lot of really good people, people to look out for one another. And, you know, in, in times of stress and strain like we're in right now, I think that's important to, to remember and to see evidence of that. We, there's a lot of really good people and a lot of people that are caring and compassionate. And those people always 
um, you know, sort of come to the forefront times like that. And, and it has. It's been really comforting to know that there's a lot of good people in the world and a lot of people trying to do the right thing. And um, I think we all need to remember that. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, through all this this hardship, we can have something positive come out of it, I hope, like you were saying, coming yeah. together. Yeah, absolutely. I say that, you know, a lot of a lot of good people trying to do the right thing, and we need, we always need more of that in the world. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, is there anything else you want? Uh, I know I have a, a large audience, a big, big following. Is there anything else you would want to kind of let my listeners know at the moment? Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think when we, when, when people, when all this is over and hopefully we've gotten through, you know, with the the least amount of people getting sick and dying of possible stuff, again, as somebody who studies history and stuff, I think about what the lessons of this will be. And I think one of them are just that, you know, the world is connected. You, you can whatever political talking point from either side you want to talk about um mm-hmm. but the, the world is connected and you can, it cannot it will forever be connected our um you know with travel and the economy and trade um we're we're sort of all in this together you see this now it's not like you can you know put up a sign that says coronavirus do not come here that's just not not how it works and i think it's important to you know for everybody to be mindful of of their neighbors and and realize that you know different religions different cultures different beliefs whatever i think we should all respect that but at the end of the day we all are connected we're all in this together and um when it comes to you know decision making or whatever that that has to be something that, that we all remember and think about moving forward Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for your insights, Mr. Calvert. Absolutely. I, I do have one one real quick thing here. For you. I was trying to think of maybe a funny joke or a story or something I could tell. Um, could, I couldn't really do anything. You know, I'm not a great joker, but I did come up with some of your listeners. I know, you know, if, if your listeners like me, they've, they've turned to their pets as a source of comfort. You know, it, it's one of the things about working from home i've been able to spend more time with my dog and my cat and stuff and so i came up with with a list of just a few historical pet names that your listeners could use you know if they're in the market for a new puppy or a kitten or whatever i've got a couple names here that, that i think they might be able to use to to bridge the gap between a you know a lovable family pet and that historical icon so if i may just real quick yeah absolutely Furchill. You know, if you are a, a fan of presidents of the Civil War, Ulysses S. Grant, Ulysses S. Grant, um, you know, uh, ancient civilizations might be sort of thing. You might be a, an Egypt buff. You could go with Cleopatra, Cleopatra, <laughs> a good one. Um, again, if you're a, a presidential buff, Rover Cleveland. You know, you got a you got a good hound dog, Rover Cleveland. I think would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an art person, you know, we got a lot of a lot of students at the high school who are big into art. Salvador Doggy. You know, you might have some sort of <laughs> some sort of mixed breed mutt sort of goes into with abstract art. Salvador Doggy. Um, and then, and then the last one, you know, again, if, if when we're talking about Middle Ages, talking about strong, powerful women, Joan of Bark. Oh, I, I like that Joan one. Joan of Bark. 
big of him. You know, if you've got a feisty little dog who's not scared of bigger dogs or something, Joan of Bark would be good. So anyway, just again, just a list of I think it's always good to try to bring history into your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Those are some easy, easy, simple ways to make that happen. Absolutely. Love it. I think I think that's exactly the kind of thing we need right now. It's just some, some good uh, historical hope, names. History is everywhere and if anything, again, this is I've tried to tell my sister this is an event that will be taught in schools a hundred years from now and I think that's a, a good way to do it. Try to make it fun. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, uh thank you again for calling. Um I will certainly uh send you a link to the podcast when it is uh produced and out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Like I say, big time, big fan. Um I hopefully we'll be going to like New York City for the podcast awards for this later in the year and I uh, hope hope all your listeners are, are doing good and staying healthy and uh, following guidelines. Six feet. Make sure we have lots of social distancing. Love it. We'll we'll try to do our best. That's all we can do. You are the man, Mr. Coons. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Before we hear from our next caller, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Social Distance. Are you tired of leaving your house, tired of seeing other people, shaking hands, and generally interacting with others in person? Then Social Distance is for you. Stay in your house, stream some entertainment, and keep your distance. For a limited time only, you can receive one free week of Social Distance by simply staying home and using the code COVID-19. Once again, that's one free week, user code COVID-19. Right now, Social Distance is for everyone. Our next caller is another social studies teacher at Ash County High School. Her name is Rebecca Washburn. She specializes in world history and civics. Hello. Hello, Miss Washburn. Hey. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? I'm good. Well, thank you for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Well, the, the kind of point of this show is to sort of get the the local impact of this whole COVID-19 situation. This is kind of my teacher edition um, of the podcast. So mm-hmm. all, my, all my callers are, are fellow teachers. Um, and so right. I'm just kind of looking for your, your perspective, your insight on, on the situation right now. Um, I'm doing all right. I, um, I, you know, don't mind spending time at home. So that's not been too much of a hardship for me, but uh yeah i definitely am worried like i worry about older people in our communities i worry about like my grandparents i worry about like i've got friends and family who are who are like expecting kids so that stresses me out a little bit um you know just trying to be safe and and keep everybody healthy for sure um and then you know online teaching is a new a whole new world that we're experiencing together so (laughs) there's, there's some new stuff it's going okay though yeah i think I think we're doing all right as a community, I hope. Yeah, I was curious if there are things um, you've found in transitioning to online teaching that are working really well for you and your students are liking, or if there are things that you're finding particularly challenging. Yeah, uh, well, one thing I was surprised about uh, was that, you know, I, I kind of told my kids, I'm happy to, I'll post notes that if you want, I can record myself, and they, they wanted to be there. They wanted to have live ones, and and to be able to ask questions and be a part of it. So that was a surprise, but it's going well and, and I think we're all enjoying it. <laughs> okay, good. Are you having um, are you having pretty good participation from your students in your classes? I'm not having loads of people. I, one reason is that 
<laughs> from my world class. I'm holding it kind of early in the morning. I'm trying to stay out of other classes way, uh-huh. or way, but, um, yeah, well, the kids that are showing up are interested and they're asking questions and, um, you know, I'm getting a good mix from different classes, but so it's kind of cool to see them interacting together and, um, asking questions and, and being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been good. Okay. Well, that's good. That kind of ties into my next question, which is, is there anything positive that you've noticed from these changes in your daily routine? It sounds like your your students are engaging fairly well over uh, things like Google Meet, but mm-hmm. is there anything else positive that you've noticed? Well, I, I mean, I think one, we're just lucky that we exist in a time with so much technology because we're, we are able to stay connected with each other. Um, you know, I've talked to other teachers, I've talked to family members, I'm still able to you know, FaceTime with my nephews and that kind of thing. So I'm like, I appreciate being able to stay connected. Um, and I really think a lot of people are appreciating the ability to slow down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't have so many requirements. I think people are getting more sleep, which is nice. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's certainly positives that um, or, or good ways that we could look at this. Um, though it is difficult. I, I mean, I know a lot of people are struggling too, but I think they're, our ability to connect to each other and and the innovative ways people are finding to do that has been really neat to see. Yeah, it's interesting because we talk a lot about uh, social distance, and of course that's important mm-hmm. to. But really, I think I've read something about the World Health Organization recommending the term physical distance because they don't really they socially right. you know we need to stay connected. And it sounds like that's one of the positive things we are connecting through these means of technology. But uh, physically, of course, we yeah. have to stay stay apart. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And I, I mean, I think social distancing, when we started hearing that, we didn't, nobody really knew what it meant. So physical distance at least has like a definition we understand too. So right, right. I think that's, that. yeah, it's a better, much better phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, when this is all said and done, do you think there are lessons we could learn from this experience, maybe at the local, national, or even the global level? Um, I think that, you know, as the, I think we're in an interesting position because we're experiencing it from like, we're having, we're in a position, we're in a a profession that you kind of get direction locally, but there's also stuff in the state and occasionally there's stuff in the federal that can impact what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, that one thing that we need to work on is just working together and not that people aren't working together, but just, you know, that that we can all plan, you know, have a hundred meetings and plan something out and, and feel really confident about what we're doing. And then there's one press conference that turns it all on its ear. So I think just having a cohesive plan and kind of delegating who's actually in charge of these things, let's follow their direction. I really think that that, that would have made this not necessarily easier, but, but there would have been less confusion. I think that's one thing that people have been scared about is just not, we're not certain of, of what's going to happen or, or really who we should be listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more clear direction would be a lesson we could, we could use in the future for something like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that the, um, I think it was a, was it a Sunday that governor Cooper announced schools would be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah. leading up to that Sunday we were, I was watching other States had started canceling school and it was just sort of this weird zone of, is this going to happen here? Is it going to happen elsewhere? What mm-hmm. just, you know, like you're saying, a cohesive plan for for future events like this would be great. Right. Yeah, I, I, and I mean that's 
we're because we're able to communicate and talk to people in other states and see what they're doing it's also we're very much comparing ourselves and mm-hmm. um while i think it's interesting and good to be able to see what's working in other places let's adopt these effective strategies like that's a, that's a super positive thing that there is um the ability to to take the most effective approach hopefully based on what's working um but yeah like that's i think that sometimes causes undue or unnecessary stress absolutely <laughs> because we're yeah. all just comparing yeah um is there anything you would want people listening to the show right now to know some some comforting words from you or anything uh well i mean we we teachers care about you we we want you guys to be safe um and we're hope we hope that you're that you are physical distancing from each other um Mm -hmm. and that you know it's not necessarily about us as much as and you know, I would, my job would be easier if I was at work, you know. Yeah. Um, and and being able to see people would be easier, but you got to take care of, you know, the people that need it. Absolutely. Um, I also I understand you have a pun prepared, perhaps. Oh, oh yeah, and I hope it lands with you. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, but so, um. You should know that that whenever I heard you guys saying these in the past, that I was like very self-conscious about <laughs> not being able to come up with one. But I, let's see. Okay, so there's these two archaeologists, and they're meeting up to talk about um, upcoming projects, and they're really struggling to really um, agree on anything. Right? Uh-huh. Like, for example, they you know one of them want like they're totally different ideas about like methods. One of them's like, oh, just blow stuff up and maybe there's something cool under there and the other guy wants to brush everything off and just very different people, different ideas about, you know, how to do things. And, um, you know, one of them says, finally, okay, really tired of this. Where do you even want to have this dig? You know? And he's, the other guy says, yeah, I want to have it in, uh, I want to have it in Egypt. And the guy is so angry. He just stands up. He just flips the table, starts storming out. And he says, well, we don't have cut in common. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I love it. I love it. Thank you. I worked hard. Now, for for our listeners who are maybe not familiar with Tutankhamen, Tutankhamen, I'm not sure how to say it. Tutankhamen. Tutankhamen. Okay. Will you give us the rundown on, on his historical significance? Uh, well, that is the famous King Tut. Um, as far as Egyptian pharaohs, he's not actually that important. He didn't, not that he's not important. He didn't really do much. He wasn't a great pharaoh. He wasn't pharaoh long. Um, he actually died fairly young, but we, uh, he was one of the pharaohs whose tomb we discovered in the Valley of the Kings that was relatively untouched. So that kind of gave us a lot of insight into, uh, ancient Egyptian burial and mummification. So we know a lot about that because of him, but he wasn't like a super important pharaoh at the time. Was, was he discovered somewhat recently or was that a long time ago? Um, you know, I want to say it's 20th century, but he might've even been as early as the late um, 1800s. Okay. Let me see. It was the 1920s. Okay. So, a century, almost. Wow. Hard to believe. Yep. I know. It's crazy. Well. I'm really glad you understood that. No, yeah. <laughs> I loved the, the setup. I think the longer the setup for the pun, the better the landing. That's kind of my... <laughs> I worked on it. I really did. <laughs> it was good. It was high quality. Uh, and that's a, that's exactly what we need right now, is those kind of... Silly, silly distractions. Good. Yes, I agree. Um, well, if you don't have anything else for my audience, I'll, I'll let you go there. Uh, thank you. Thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it. 
Well, I appreciate you having me. That was fun. Will you take care? You too. Bye. Bye. Before we take our final caller, let's hear from another one of our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Vaccines. What better time than now to start listening to the medical experts in our country? Vaccines. Give them a shot. Our final caller today is Marty McKenzie. She's another social studies teacher at Ash County High School. She has two children who are teenagers and are students at Ash County High School, and she has a third child who is a college student at the moment, but of course is home since classes have been canceled. So she is dealing with the COVID-19 situation as a parent and someone who's having to supervise teenagers who are now transitioning to online school, and also she herself as a teacher trying to bring her whole curriculum online so it can be accessible to her students at home. Hello? Hello. Hey, Marty. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I understand you were out and about in the county today. Is that true? I was. I was out riding buses delivering food to our students for lunch and breakfast tomorrow. Okay. Were you able to see a lot of students, or how does that whole process work? Um, For a lot of the places we stopped, parents would come out because they were elementary school students. Mm-hmm. I think I saw two high school students, and I did not know either one of them. Okay. So we delivered um, 58 meals. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it was kind of nauseating, too, trying to get 58 bags of food together standing up on a bus on these curvy roads. <laughs> and how many, uh, <laughs> how many other staff members are with you on a bus? There was the bus driver and then two of us oh, wow. making the bags. Wow. Overall, amid this COVID-19 pandemic, how would you say you're getting along? Um, most days I do okay. Um, it's when the weather's bad and you can't get outside, it's maddening. Mm-hmm. But um, my kids are going a little crazy. I can so imagine. They're, they're short-tempered, and that makes me short-tempered, so there's lots of little spats and door slammings when you have teenagers in the house. That's got to be tough. (laughs) It is, and I'm not sleeping well. I usually sleep better than anybody I know, but since this has started, I've not slept a full night. So I'm running short on sleep. (laughs) I bet. So other than moody teenagers, what else are you stressed or worried about right now? Well, my mom and dad are both pretty susceptible Mm-hmm. And my dad keeps going out. <laughs> he says he's staying away from people, but, you know, how do you know? He's three and a half hours away. Uh-huh. But my mom has COPD and my dad has high blood pressure. And my sister has has had cancer. So I feel like all of them are at risk. So I worry about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then my son has asthma. So... I worry about that. Right now, I don't have to worry financially because I'm working from home, which is good. Right. But yeah, I can only imagine for people that are, you know, without work and worrying about bills, what that must be like. I know. That must be really scary. Yeah. Um, 
have you found anything to be like a source of comfort during this kind of stressful time? What do you what do you turn to? What do you do when you need a a minute to relax? Um, probably my group of friends. I have really good workmates who we joke and have a good time with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I also have a really close knit group of friends from high school. And so we'll FaceTime or get on Zoom together just so we can see each other. That's you good. know, and that's comforting. Uh huh. So you're you're maintaining physical distance but you're you're staying socially connected, is what it sounds like. Yes. That's good. Yes, because I feel like um a social connection is that's what keeps me going. I'm I'm a pretty strong extrovert and mm-hmm. I like being around people. Mm-hmm. So not being able to be around them but still being able to see them is really helpful. Right. Um do you have like advice for anyone listening right now with what should they know what's important to keep in mind? I think that we have to realize that that this will end. We don't know when, but it will not go on forever. And when the sun's shining, you need to get outside. Yeah. Get outside and get some sunshine on your face. Vitamin D helps heal the soul. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think there's anything like any lessons that we'll learn once this is all said and done, things we can we can take away and maybe change for the future? Oh, well, I hope we learn a lot of lessons. Um, <laughs> I hope we learn as a nation to heed other people's warnings. Mm-hmm. And and when they warn us that something is coming, that instead of taking that lightly, maybe prepare a little better. Um, I think that we should learn. I don't know if we will, but we should learn that sometimes Mother Nature or the Earth is going to say, okay, you're not going to stop hurting me, so I'm going to have to find a way to heal. And if it's by keeping everybody inside, then the pollution's going to slow down and I will try to slowly heal myself while y'all are fighting off whatever you've got to deal with. Yeah. Um, so you've seen those pictures of like how the pollution looks like it's declining since we're all staying at home? Yeah. Is that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. If If anything positive comes from it, maybe we will learn to be less polluting. Sure. Yeah. Um, did you prepare a joke or a pun for the show today that you want to share? Oh, I did. Oh, good, good. Not not a pun, but a joke. Okay. So why is it a bad idea to play hide-and-seek with mountain ranges? Hmm. I don't know. Why? Because they peak. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a joke and a pun. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, well, you got anything else you you need, feel like you need to share with my my huge audience at the moment? Um, I don't think so. I think I have given you all I've got. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call. Oh, anytime. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. So that concludes our interviews for the show. Based on those conversations I had with fellow social studies department teachers, it sounds like we're doing our best to stay positive, to continue reaching out to students, 
as we teach and learn from home. Um, but as you can imagine, we're all learning uh, along with you all. This is unusual, unprecedented, and we're hopefully going to get through it all together. As I promised at the top of the show, I'm going to end with a song that I wrote earlier in the week. It is called In the Pandemic. Here it is. I've never lived through a pandemic And this is a first for me I'm staying at home But I'm not alone My students and I virtually meet Well please log on to Canvas do the things I made for you It's not just for fun It's what has to be done Education cannot stop too When you start to feel bored well, Go ahead and try something new Learn how to cook or pick up a book. Do not let your boredom stew. Well, if you're starting to feel like a prisoner, remember that it's for the best. Our very first instance of increased social distance is putting all our minds to the test. Our very first instance of increased social distance is everywhere from east coast to west. 